0: We normally take what we are talking about before into this countdown, (laughs) but it's freaking awkward.
1: Well, we were talking about how Alabaster never wears clothes that merit compliments.
0: (laughs) Yeah, because he showed up to to, um, our show last time we recorded it with a hole in his t-shirt, like the disrespect. Mm -hmm. Anyway, welcome back to Debatable. You guys probably missed it, and don't get used to it being back because it's going away forever. Breaking news. Debatable is not dead, but going to be merged with the Dominique Foxborough show. So going forward, that muscular white arm is going to be swallowed up by the Dominique Foxborough show. And it'll all be (laughs) one. If you like what you get here or there, don't worry. None of it's going away. It's just getting better, right? Did I do it right, Alabaster? I mean, Charlie, do I have to stop calling you Alabaster now? You can call me
2: whatever you want. You nailed it. That was so old. It's not dead. We're just giving you more debatable, packaged on the Dominique Foxworth Show, better content, more guests, more – mina mina will be on that show you've never oh, been sure. on the dominic Foxworth show it'll be great
1: i have been on the dominic Foxworth show and also did you oh yeah that's an episode junior... i
2: got removed from to talk about a serious did topic. you Sorry. see
1: yourself as the buff white arm in that graphic <laughs> Definitely not. Charlie? of course
0: he does of course he does I he's the some, hand like that's his hand i have the vascular questions. hand of alabaster yeah Right.
1: Check out the Dominique Foxer show. It's really good. Or uh, also check out Dominique on the Minicom Time show featuring <laughs> Lenny starting in about two weeks back to his regular appearances. But we're not here to talk about that or your show.
2: We're here to talk about Trey Lance.
0: All right, Alabaster. You felt that host. segue. We got two hosts here teaching you how to host. Do what it.
2: a plug. Um, all right, guys. What do you think the market is for Trey Lance.
0: Um, I hate your question. I don't care about it. I would like to talk about the process of Trey Lance up mm. until this point. So the market for Trey Lance could be high. It could be low. I think you can imagine whatever you want for Trey Lance. My guess is that no one's really going to pay much for Trey Lance at this point. But because I've heard people construct really reasonable arguments about Trey Lance not getting a fair shake, which I understand. But I also recognize that I watched that man play football. And yeah, there might be a lot of reasons why things have not worked out for him for injuries and timing and the challenges of the Shanahan offense. But right now, he's not good. And you have to imagine him in your system being good or imagine a way that he can produce in his system because we do not have images of that at any level that we respect.
1: It's interesting to contrast what we have seen from him with a player like... Dorian Thompson Robinson, who just won the QB two spot, which Trey did not win, which is why he is reportedly being, you know, on the trade market in Cleveland. Because when you watch DTR, who played a lot more college football than Trey Lance, and then you watched him in the preseason, he just looks better, man. Like he just had, you know, like there's this moments you see him, you're like, oh, that's exciting. And those unfortunately have been too, fu- they just haven't really existed with Trey. You can also defend Trey from that comparison by, saying well he's barely played football he was always a raw prospect and i think that's where like this gets so tricky when we talk about process because we want to blame the niners not just for the trade but for how they've managed him essentially saying okay you drafted this guy he needed development there was never a real uh, plan for him to start and get those necessary snaps so how is that going to work right Mm -hmm. and i think that's fair and we can talk about that obviously his chances of playing were derailed by injuries not once but twice but to your point you know in the small sample size the the few moments we have seen him play he is not dazzled or sparkled in a way that i don't think means he's never going to be a good nfl quarterback it just means he was never special enough to wear his despite his inexperience, right. you'd see it.
0: Yeah, he didn't have those wild yeah. plays. I'm sorry, go ahead.
1: Exactly. No, 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 yeah, exactly. I mean, and I think that's what's so, yeah, like, so, I, you're, you were trying to thread a needle there, which is basically, like, not thread a needle, but, like, be reasonable, which is criticize him without condemning him maybe if that makes sense
0: yeah i mean Um, the the trey lance highlight that i think of is one from practice that one where he i think it was brandon Ayuk, he threw a really freakish pass to brandon Ayuk. that's the only one i remember from uh maybe it was last year's preseason like that's the only major trey lance highlight that i remember but i will say I'm sorry. You had, did that. That made you he, think. Of he something. did
1: throw one beautiful deep ball. I remember in the regular season when he played, and I, and that was like, whoa. We can't boomer, have. Okay.
0: Well, you can't have Mina as a guest on the Dominique Foxworth <laughs> show. I hate that she watches everything, remembers everything. I and, just
1: remember it because yeah, it's so I unusual it. to see a 49ers quarterback. It was better.
0: Ball. My story was better. The only <laughs> Trey Lance highlight we have is from practice that time. Remember? Okay. <laughs> I know like you I... had
2: two good throws instead of one.
0: Great. <laughs> um. Thanks, Alabaster. Great contribution. Holy shirt. Um, I would say that the the interesting thing about the draft is we go back to uh, like uh, we all go back to that decision, trading everything away. And we remember that they smoke screened us by saying that maybe they're going to get Mac Jones. So I remember feeling good about them drafting Trey Lance and being blinded by the fact that they drafted Trey Lance for a team that we thought was on the door of the super bowl they brought in a quarterback that needed more development than just about any first round quarterback in the history of like nfl draft so like because we were distracted by the fact that they were like hey let's get a real like basic guy that we were excited about them getting this high ceiling guy we didn't appreciate the fact that they brought in a guy into a team that was ready to win now a guy that needed to be brought along slowly and then they did not bring around along slowly and that's partially because of injuries and all that other stuff but I remember thinking about this offense the Shanahan offense adding the running dynamic and getting all excited and it made me realize that I need to always remember that more is not better as I get ready to be my own 10-year-old son's Uh, flag football coach. I drew up a bunch of plays, and then I just realized while we're doing this Trey Lance thing, you know what? Let's run three plays really well. More isn't better. Just having more options doesn't make things better.
1: Just run mesh. (laughs) Just run mesh. Just teach the mesh. Uh, it's funny that you bring up the Mac Jones thing because I was thinking about that at the time because that was the debate: should they do? quote-unquote safe quarterback in Mac Jones or should they take the upside guy in, in Trey Lance who's raw and experienced the answer was neither clearly like not which isn't just like Mac Jones obviously would have worked out better for San Francisco I think he probably would be running an efficient offense there but but I, I don't think there's anything we've seen from Mac Jones the last few years that would suggest he's worth the trade that the the haul that they give up gave up to go up and get Lance in the same way that there's nothing we've seen from Lance I think the Part where I I, want to drill down, or at least I want to talk to you about, is the Niners a team that was really, really good and just needed a quarterback drafting a developmental quarterback? Like, was that always a mistake or was that a mistake because Lance... Yeah. didn't rise to the occasion or and and this is the thing that keeps getting again he's been so injured it's like it you almost it's it feels unfair to blame anyone because there, we're, we're talking about like, some pretty freaky circumstances in terms of the injuries but let's say you know like do you think it was a good or a bad decision for them that year one to sit him and he did have some injury i think he had a finger injury at some point mm-hmm. during that year but to sit him and play Jimmy Garoppolo that first year. That's the one thing that I think when we kind of try to go back and, uh, you know, biopsy this, that's where I look at who he was as a quarterback, what he clearly needed. And I question the Niners approach. Um, Obviously, uh, you know, their talent evaluation also like seems to have been flawed. And, you know, I, I, I thought Lance would be better than he's been as well, but I don't, it's not necessarily that they were setting him up to fail, but I do think, and then, and I think this is relevant now as we look to the Colts who are starting Anthony Richardson. Maybe it's not a good idea if you're going to draft a guy who's that inexperienced to sit him for an entire season.
0: That's fair, um, but uh, you could also argue that a guy that's that in- inexperienced, you need to sit him for an entire season because, or at least for Trey Lance from uh, a like football minds. Like scenario, I imagine there are a lot of guys who could stand to to be out there because they understand the game. And this is not fair, 100% fair of me because I haven't put Trey Lance on the board. But my assumption is, given his limited high school experience and his very limited college experience at a lower level, that it's possible that he is not up to where he's supposed to be as far as general football knowledge, which is not to say intelligence. Like I'm sure he can grasp the things, but he hasn't been presented with them because he was playing against Youngstown State. And that's a whole different uh, animal Plan for South Dakota. So that's, that's tough. So I would argue that a player like that could stand to like spend the year doing football school. I guess i just would say that that is not where things went wrong for them. The, the thing that I, that pops into my mind, and maybe this is partially on Trey Lance as a big mistake is when you have a player who is physically special, the things that you should do, for them to succeed is lean Mm -hmm. on the things that they do well to get them time. And he never seemed comfortable. I remember them doing a couple of like one-off like run play uh, packages early in his career, but it kind of feels like you would like, and maybe this kind of spins it back to the point that you were making that you'd like them to commit to him and say, all right, this is our guy. This is what he does. kind of like what we saw from Justin Fields last year, which is certainly not a long-term solution for Justin Fields, but it allowed Justin Fields to stay afloat for a season, and probably afloat long enough that he will have time to figure out the other things.
1: Well, and that's what's again where the injury thing, like the Niners, he was the starter this time last year. He there was there was no debate; he was unquestioned QB one, and he barely played. You know, he had a rough game. He had a game in a bunch of rain, and then he got hurt. And then the Niners saw that with Purdy and in and, and Garoppolo. Um, they really didn't need to upgrade at quarterback for this offense to be incredible. And I think that's, so it, it's like, it really was like a perfect storm yeah. for Lance of, of terrible things happening. The injury, the timeline of the team and how competitive they were. Um, And then the fact, you know, that Kashi, Shan- like I, if Kashi wasn't the offensive coordinator, I don't think like, or, you know, if he wasn't calling the plays and wasn't able to, call the, such an incredibly efficient offense, regardless. Yeah. Of his, but like, none of this would be happening. Like if, if Lance had ended up with a different team, it would be so wildly different. It just feels like all of these forces, um, didn't work in his favor. And, and again, it's not like he has risen to the occasion when he's gotten the opportunity. So I'm not exculpating him or suggesting that he's like an amazing player. And the Niners have simply overlooked him. It just seems like t- not to put too much of a bow on it this was never a good marriage, right? Like you and I have talked a lot about how the Niners drafting Trey Lance was Shanahan being like, let me break out of my comfort zone and try to dating someone different. And he has gone running in the opposite direction. And it seems like this was, it was always, I don't know. It, it, there, there was like that fifty chance this could have been like football nirvana, yeah. but it seems like the 49 other outcomes were far more likely in retrospect.
0: Yeah. Well, I think Minnesota is one of the teams that I know had shown some interest. So maybe he can go there. Kirk Cousins in the final year of his uh, career. Um, but yeah, obviously I hope things work out for Trey Lance at some point, but it certainly is not going to be in San Francisco.
1: One more thing though, as we address the actual question about the trade, would you trade him if you're San Francisco? Because, uh, I mean, my feeling is yeah, if you get a second or something, sure. But Right now, you got Brock Purdy, who's coming off a very serious injury. Your backup is Sam Darnold. I have seen people, like quotes from people, some anonymous saying, like, "Well, you know, Darnold's got the decision making," and and I'm like, "What?" (laughs) Like, and I and I'm uh, someone who likes Sam Darnold. I, I find him fun to watch, but like he's been wildly inconsistent over the course of his NFL career. And of course, you're coming off of the playoffs where you were, you know, just ran out of quarterbacks. Like, is it actually for a team that I think you and I both believe has very realistic Super Bowl aspirations? Is it worth sacrificing quarterback depth for anything less than, say, a second rounder?
0: Yeah. And you left out the fact that they, which everybody I'm sure remembers were playing the AFC or NFC championship game last year down to like their 15th quarterback. So that doesn't even account for that. So yeah, trading him somewhere else, the pick that you're going to get in return is not likely to be hugely impactful. So it's probably safer to keep him. but if they've determined that he's not good and that's one thing that we haven't even put on the table. And I tend not to think that players drafted this high aren't good. Like, you have to have something if you aren't, if you are drafted that high, something special to build around. But again, he is incredibly unique as far as the amount of time that he's played that position and the level of competition that he's played against. I've seen all the highlights that he had from college, and they suggest that he is a top level NFL quarterback or he has the ability to be that. But it also appears that. Josh Allen got some people jobs or got some people drafted higher than they likely would have otherwise.
1: And that's, what's so unprecedented about this thing. Like he's being talked about as a bust. He's barely played football. Yeah. I, there's so few examples in NFL history of like, when we say that was the worst trade ever. Oh my God, they picked him there or whatever. And then the guy like, I, you know, he played. He hasn't played. So it's like, it's what we're kind of like talking ourselves in circles. We're like, could they have done things differently? What if he wasn't hurt? What if they didn't start Jimmy Garoppolo? Should they have handled this a different way? There's just so many unknowns that still cloud our judgment of Lance, the quarterback. And We,
0: the, yeah. we convince ourselves that when a player, a first-round pick does not succeed, particularly a quarterback, we convince ourselves that maybe in another situation, things could work out. <laughs> It rarely does. This is the first time where a first-round quarterback is not going to work out at the team that he drafted, and I genuinely am like, I don't know. <laughs> you know, like most of the time, you're like, all right, well, it was bad yeah. coach, bad situation. He's got to get a yeah. new spot. It is going to work out, and it never really pans out to be the, the quality that the quarterback is. But I look at him, and I'm like, yeah, that arm strength and that athleticism aren't going anywhere. So, yeah, maybe he could do what apparently quarterbacks do now, like Josh Allen and, and Jalen Hurts, just get better. Darnold was yeah. picked
1: third overall. The guy who's replacing him, he played so much football.
2: And then he got another <laughs>
1: starting job and he played much more football. And he's now he's you know, he beat Lance for this job. He's got a lot more experience. But like, yeah. yeah. I don't we just it's just such an unknown. I yeah.
0: Yeah, I we'll mean see. S- somebody should definitely take a chance uh because it's not gonna cost them much. Um yep. we'll see. Minnesota would be smart for them to get him in the building at some point this year so they could take a look at him without committing to him before they let Kirk Cousins walk on the door, which it seems like they're gonna do anyway. What's up,
2: Alabaster? Why shouldn't Denver take a chance on him as a backup quarterback if they if Sean Payton doesn't like what he sees out of Russ this year?
0: I mean, the the Russell situation seems like they're committed. So, um, and Russell needs a makeover also. So, like, who are you going to devote to teaching Trey Lance how to play? What they need in Denver is a backup that can step in and take over. Somebody who's played in a Sean Payton system before, who's at least mediocre. They don't need a a long shot because, again, he'll be landing in a roster that has – That's, I mean, pretty much was considered a quarterback away before they got the wrong quarterback.
1: I like uh, Minnesota uh, for the reasons Dominique laid out, because there's just no plan after Kirk. And then I like Atlanta. I think you mentioned Atlanta. Just um, not only because I think, you know, with Ritter, he's pretty unproven, but also, like, that's an offense and an offensive coordinator where I think having a quarterback who's a, a dual threat is more valuable, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's funny. I I like, I think when, when Lance was drafted, we we're like, couldn't be a better situation for the young quarterback. And I'm kind of questioning that now I look at a team like Indianapolis and I really think Anthony Richardson is like, just, is, that is so influenced by this for me. Like, I'm just like play Anthony Richardson, give him some reps because he also didn't have a lot of starts, but I'm like, okay, the team isn't that good but we know they're going to cater that scheme to him. And he is going to get a lot of opportunities to play football. And maybe that's better, honestly, than playing for maybe. a really good team.
0: But it'd be really good for him to have a nice running game to lean on, to take pressure off of him. And Richardson would really benefit from having said, to... Oh, what do we have next? Alabaster. Hosting. Wow. I'm hosting <laughs> <all> this show. <laughs>
2: All right, guys, uh, who should try to trade for Jonathan Taylor?
0: Jonathan Taylor is the running back in um, Indianapolis that I was just alluding to that I'm sure Anthony Richardson would love to be able to hand the ball off to, but he's coming off of an ankle injury. He's also a very, very good running back who has uh, wants to get paid and has been clear that the Colts are not willing to pay him. He slipped to the second round. They got him then. And now he's trying to get a trade. They've given him, the Colts have given him permission to seek a trade. Um, I forgot specifically what you asked, but I know the Dolphins are a team that is looking to acquire um, Jonathan Taylor. The running back conversation is always the same, but I noticed the same things happen and I'm talking to myself. I'm guilty of this also because I heard Lewis Riddick and I heard Dan Orlowski do a similar thing that I often do when we're talking about paying running backs or signing running backs or building around running backs in the abstract. I completely understand the concept of it and agree with it. But then when you start talking about specific guys or specific teams, I'm like pay that dude. Cause you need him. And this is one of those situations where I know I'm wrong. However, uh, Who else the Colts got? He's the best player you got. Pay him if you need him. And I mean, who should trade for him? Any contender. If you can get Jonathan Taylor, any contender, even if you got a starting back, any contender that can get Jonathan Taylor, I think should add him to the roster.
1: So obviously his health looms over all of this. We're going to have this conversation assuming that he's going to be healthy because if he's not healthy, obviously no one should trade for him. I mean, you know, it just is what it is. Um, And I think Where this is interesting is when you compare, like, the Colts to a contender or a team that, like, Miami, where, where. because for the Colts, the case, I, I, I thought to keep him is pretty clear, which is you have a lot of money, you have a quarterback on a rookie contract. This season is all about making that quarterback succeed and develop. So, why not keep the very good running back, even if it's a little bit of an overpay? But maybe you can do something like a, you know, Derrick Henry style two year deal, like a three year deal that's really a two year deal or whatever. Again, without knowing what Jonathan Taylor is asking for, that complicates it because you definitely wouldn't want to do a long-term deal, but it seems like you could be able to get something reasonable done. Uh, I think with other teams, uh, it gets a little interesting, like Miami, because if Jonathan Taylor will not play without a contract, none of these teams should trade for him, is my opinion. However, if he's willing to go to a good team play for a year, look better than he would in Indianapolis, which I think would happen in Miami, (laughs) frankly. Uh, Although, you know, he'd be competing for carries there. Then I think it's worth considering, although I still wouldn't give up anywhere close to a first round pick, especially because you're not likely to get more than like a fifth back as a comp pick. Uh, However, if you really feel like you're a contender, and I do think Miami should feel this way. so, So all these things have to be true. Taylor has to be healthy. He has to be willing to pay. You have to send less than a first-round pick. Uh, Then I would consider it. But that—that's those are all the things. So
0: you said a couple things that caught my attention, and I would say, like I, I'm a fan of going all in when you have an opportunity. So if it requires you to like mortgage your future, um, it's a calculation that I'd be willing to make. Like I I wouldn't again in abstract. I wouldn't say trade a first-round pick for running back. In abstract, I wouldn't say extend a long-term contract to a running back. But I do understand that if you are close, and if this significantly makes you closer, it's a game of risk. It's a gambling game. You have to take these risks. Like, the players are taking risks. Sometimes you have to take risks in the front office to put you over the top. And sometimes those risks will not look right on a spreadsheet. That wasn't a reply to the thing that you said, but you said something that caught my attention. Jonathan Taylor goes somewhere in a one-year deal and plays really well. Do you think that his market's going to be stronger at that point? That's the, that's the thing about this running back conversation. We're always going right. to get back to this point. Whoa. If he goes to Miami and balls out and then is a free agent, no one is still going to want to sign him to a long-term deal. Actually, There's nothing he can do to make himself marketable. It's...
1: i said something inaccurate where i was like oh he might not get the bulk of the carries that might work in his favor in getting the next deal if he goes to miami versus being uh run into the ground in indianapolis um i i think you're right although i do think i don't think it's more likely to make give him a long-term deal but i think if he if he does go somewhere and balls out he's he's more likely to you know, get like a Miles Sanders style contract that like what Miles got, which is not a great contract, by the way, but coming out of Philadelphia, but it's, you know, it's a contract with, it's a multi-year contract with millions of dollars, whatever. My point is.
0: I guess uh, my my point is that I don't know if he, I'm not sure how he plays, if he plays poorly, that hurts him. If he doesn't play at all and somehow gets to free agency, I don't think, I think his contract is not going to be impacted by how well he plays, I guess is my point. Like, the well, value of the position that, yeah. is more important. Yeah. That's and what's that's, so proud
1: about this position. It's like, yeah. you're not that's, rewarded that's, for It's a, well. a
0: bad yeah. spot for him to be in. But uh, yeah. So I, I don't understand the incentive for him to go somewhere and be like, all right, I, I won't take a contract. I'll just play this year and prove myself. Okay. You proved yourself. Now everyone's like, hey, you're looking a lot like well, Miles Sanders over there. There's
1: no contract on the table anywhere in this situation. <laughs> you, just, you know, it's like, do I play or do I not play? He's got to play a little bit to yeah. become a free agent. So. Might as well play for a good team where, you know, it gets a little bit of uh, recognition and success. Um, I, I, I do think, I hear you on the all-in stuff. I don't think for a team like Miami, uh, that makes sense because they do have some big contracts coming up. They're about to have to pay Christian Wilkins, Christian Wilkins, pardon me, a zillion dollars. Yeah. Uh, and I think so. You got to be really careful with the kind of contract you give Taylor. Yeah. Um. Again, I just, Indianapolis makes the most sense. Indianapolis should be the team. I keep going back to this. Like, that they is make the most sense. more than a contender. I really think, like, that's a team where, like, they, you, you don't have anyone to pay right now. And you have a quarterback who needs to be comfortable and needs to be good. That's all that matters. But
0: they hurt his, his feelings. They hurt his feelings. talk too much. All right, Alabaster I think we got that one. Give me a check mark, please. I saw you put he up is- a card about First round trade for running back, Trent Richardson. It's the last
2: first round pick traded for running back. Not great, Bob. Um, All right, last topic. Do you think we've seen the last of Shohei Otani as a two way player?
0: (sighs) All right. So Shohei Otani is about to get a big mega contract, which I guess is going to be impacted by him getting his second UCL Tommy John. uh, surgery, which very few pitchers are come back from that and are effective or as good as they were before. Um, if you're going to commit a ton of money to Shohei Otani, would you even want him to play both positions because the risk goes up? Uh, I have read that people say that him batting in pitching does not uh, increase the risk of the UCL, but still being out there doing a bunch of stuff increases the risk of injury. And then how much is he worth? If you want him to only do one thing, this is an impossible problem to, to solve. I think the angels regret not trading him, but obviously right now, that's the one thing that I could say is obviously true when his, uh, value was as high as it was, but I, I don't know the future for Shohei Otani. I think it's unlikely that he's going to continue to be this best in the league or among the best, like at least top of the rotation pitcher and also top of the league hitter. That's unlikely to continue.
1: I think what makes the question hard to answer about, have we seen the last time as a two-way player is that Otani himself has been so committed to doing it both ways. This is kind of, like we don't know a lot about him. He's extremely private, uh, other than he's like you know, a joy to watch <laughs> and <laughs> exciting. Uh, the the one thing I think we know about him, mentally, his personality, whatever, is that he wanted to make history. He it, it, and I don't even I, I don't mean that in like um like a like like he's obsessed with legacy. I meant like he wanted to do the thing. It drastically influenced where he signed. It's influenced all the decisions he's made. It's influenced how he's approached himself. Even in this game, when he freaking got hurt, he kept hitting. <laughs> he was like laughing out on the – I mean, he's, he's great. But my point is, like, I don't know if he's going to do uh, – if he's going to quit pitching even if it seems like, uh, as you said, you know, he's unlikely to come back and pitch at the same level he did. And that's also, I think, where it gets really tricky when it comes to like what kind of contract he'll sign and what teams will want him. Because, Dominique, if he came out tomorrow and said, I am done pitching, he would still get a gigantic contract as a hitter. He's a fantastic hitter. He, yeah. he uh, leads the league uh, in, leads in home runs. In he home
0: leads run, the league yeah. in slugging percentage and OPS.
1: So, But I think it's plausible that he might say... I want a contract with an opt-out built in yeah. for me to resume pitching in some capacity, and that's going to change where he can sign, where teams will be open to it. It, it, it makes the whole thing very confusing. Yeah. Um, it which is like where this gets really, really hard to discuss because we I'm just a, don't know right. what he wants.
0: The first major question is: Is he going to be capable? And Again, I'm not going to pretend that I'm a baseball historian, but the things that I've read today suggest that it's not likely, that people don't come back from two UCLs. So, like, his commitment, great. His ability, great. But if his body can't do it, then he can't do it. Um, So I don't know at what position he's going to play, or I don't know if he becomes, like, a reliever or a closer or something, which then the value is not nearly the same as being somebody who can give you solid in innings off the top. But yes, yeah, so I, I guess I'm hesitant. I want to still believe, and I guess if anybody can do it, it's him. But if no one's done it, if very few players have done it, who aren't also hitting, it's hard for me to imagine that someone whose only way of staying in the league is pitching. They did everything they could off of two UCLs and can't do it. Why would he have, not only the commitment, but the desire to continue to do it.
1: Yeah. I, I guess the only thing is just that he's been such an aberration in yeah. every respect his entire life, but, um, yeah, he he him. and just the guys who have come back from multiples, uh, Jamison Tyon comes to mind. like there's just there's so few examples i know there's websites that track these kinds of things with the tommy johns and it's just it's just really not common i mean shoot if he came back as a reliever it'd still be really cool he'd still be like this is awesome dude's hitting home runs and closing out games um yeah but i think that what's also like a bummer is not just that obviously it's a bummer for otani it's a bummer that we don't get to watch otani but like there was a moment where it felt like we might see more Otanis, right? Yeah. And every now and then you're kind of hearing about, like, oh, this guy in the minors yep. or this high school player. Oh, God. You got to think this is going to dampen not just uh, individual players' willingness to try this, but teams' belief that people can do it.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, you think it will, but, and I think you're probably right, but the things that I read suggest that those things aren't connected. And, like, lots of pitchers get UCL injuries. But if there's a a special player who's capable of doing both, the injury shouldn't stop you from doing it. But, I I mean, I get it. I I certainly wouldn't. I'd pick whatever I was best at. (laughs) Ride it out. Ride it out. I don't have whatever that is that people like Shohei Otani have or, like, Tom Brady where it's, like,
1: I yeah yeah like you know no. if a team was like you can have 300 million dollars as a hitter or it will give you a hundred million with the opt-out you want i mean that's not he's, right. he'll get more of that but like you would both be like i'll take the 300 million
0: <laughs> exactly exactly i mean it's, even if that but way before that uh, if i'm a little league pitcher and i'm really a little league player i'm really good and they're like hey keep doing both of these and you might have a hundred million dollars or just do this one and, and you're more likely to get 300. I'm like, yeah, hey, give me that one. Let me take the safe route. Yeah.
2: I mean, anyway. that's literally what we're doing with this show. We were, <laughs> You were a two-way player, Dominique, and now it's just going to become the Dominique Foxworth show.
0: <laughs> well said. Yeah, and it's going to be mm. so much better than Shohei Otani, guaranteed.
1: So this is the pitching side, and... What basically has happened is you're insinuating debatable towards UCL, if I'm following this correctly.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, debatable is a hand. So yeah, it's the one connected to the elbow. So it towards UCL. We're gonna nurse it's it extremely back extremely buff, <laughs> white
1: <laughs> hand.
0: We are going to, yeah, it's a scary hand. But we will still keep some elements, maybe. I'll try to kill them all off, just for my show. ooh.
1: So when does this start again?
0: Handy. oh September fifth. Good question. You said again, like I said it the first time. I didn't say it the first time. I you should... outhosted <laughs> me on my own.
1: Just trying to help. I love you, man. Bye.